incoming transmission. Radio Rebellion. Welcome to the Rebellion, another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. How are you guys doing? Thank you, as always, for joining me on this wonderful Saturday. Unless, of course, you're in the Gulf Coast, we have that hurricane coming. I think it's already made landfall, so be safe, stay safe, as we always say, shake shelter, hoping for the best. Uh, but yes... Thank you. It's another Star Wars Saturday with us here at Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. As always, I am your host, Alberto Calderon, and thank you for taking a few minutes this afternoon to spend with us, have some fun talking about Star Wars, this thing that we all we all love. Why do we love Star Wars so much? I don't know. It's just awesome, right? So, how are you guys doing? Sorry, third time I said it already, but it doesn't matter. Uh, it's been a good day, good week. Hopefully, you guys are also having a fun Saturday, a good Saturday. Uh, a lot of news, not actually not a lot of news, but a lot of information inside those news topics. So if you like the books, the novels, comics, all that stuff, we got, I'm glad you're here. There's a lot of uh, publishing things to talk about. And as our topic says, Attack of the Clones, we're doing a rewind of Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. We'll go through it, our thoughts back then, our thoughts now, what we like, what we didn't like. So hope to hear from you guys. As always, if this is your first time joining us, thank you. Uh, make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss any of the new episodes when they drop. Make sure to leave a comment down below, below if you're watching this later on the replay. Hit that thumbs up button. It always is nice to, to hear from you guys that you're enjoying what we're giving you basically and if you're listening to this on the other prod audio podcast make sure to leave us a rate and a review five stars great four that's good three i'll take it two maybe not one uh, doesn't matter just leave us a review tell us what you think of the show and how we can improve if there's anything to improve as there always is all right so before we keep going or going to the news um something cool did happen this past week um phil lord you all know from lord lord and miller he posted on twitter basically that if you live in florida you're hispanic or latin and you're in florida to make sure to register to vote and that he will do a quick sketch of of your profile picture so lucky for me i had just received my mailing vote um a couple of days before and i just tweeted him a picture about it and he came through. So let me show you guys real quick. If you don't follow me on my personal Twitter page, which is fine, you're here for Star Wars. So this is my profile pic from a few years ago with my awesome legacy lightsaber. You really can see it back there. There's a, up here, that's a Boba Fett painting that a friend of mine did, my awesome Star Wars jacket. And then pretty awesome. And then this is what I got from him. I think the next day was pretty quick. I wasn't sure how quick if, Really, if we were going to get anything, 
but we didn't. This is the sketch that he did of my profile. Pretty awesome. Look at that. Does that look like me? I don't know. Maybe from a few years ago. I don't know why I have that handlebar mustache, which I've never had. I guess you can. Let's go back to the profile picture. I guess you can maybe a little bit, just a shadow. It doesn't matter. It's so cool to have something from Phil Lord, which now I can say I'm part of the Spider-Verse now. That's going to be my excuse. So, yeah, pretty cool, pretty awesome. That's what happens when you're a Star Wars fan, and sometimes you get cool stuff. So I'm going to cherish this for a long time. I'll have to print it out somehow, find a way to print it and mount it somewhere, frame it. All right, so with that said, since before we start, let me see who's out there. Hey, look who it is, Mr. Rez, Tony himself. How are you doing? Hey, yo, Mr. Rez, thank you for joining us, as you always do on our 5 o'clock show on Saturdays. Thanks for being here, Mr. Rez. Um, Tony, hope to hear from you guys your thought about the High Republic. Uh, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back, we're going to talk about it in a few minutes. And of course, your thoughts on Attack of the Clones. Will I be pleasantly surprised like I was a few weeks ago when I rewatched The Phantom Menace? Or will I be, no, this really, it's not working. So I don't know. You have to stay tuned and find out. But with that said, if you guys are ready, I know I'm ready. Let's talk Star Wars. Star Wars News. Star Wars news. So what is out there in the world of Star Wars news? Like I said at the beginning, a couple of Star Wars news, but there are juicy ones. Uh, sorry. But yeah, the good news, especially if you are into the books, like I mentioned before. Um, when was it? I think this was Thursday. Um, Star Wars Del Rey on their Twitter feed went for about two hours. I think every five minutes, every 10 minutes, they were dropping the 40 stories that we're gonna be able to read from, from a certain point of view, uh, The Empire Strikes Back with the authors as write, that are writing each story and a little synopsis about all of them. Uh, we're not gonna go through all 40s because that's another full episode. We're trying to keep this, like I mentioned a few weeks before, between an hour and an hour and 10 minutes. If we go through all 40 stories, we'll need two and a half hours. But I wrote down a couple or more than a couple that I'm really interested in and a few. We're going to highlight a few of them. Not all. I think we're going to highlight six. We'll probably talk about 10 or 12. So the first one, no surprise to you guys out there because of this little guy, our inspiration for our logo, 2R5WP. The first story that I'm really interested in, which if you follow us a few weeks ago, months ago, season one, actually, when we did, when Empire Strike, from a certain point of view, was <clears throat> revealed that this book was coming, we went a whole episode about what stories we would like to see. We had a lot of fun just throwing things out. And one of the first things we mentioned was that Imperial Probe Droid at the beginning of Empire Strike Back. And lo and behold, there he is our friend, the Imperial Probe Droid. So that's the first story that we're actually going to see is this one. It is written by Kirsten White and it's called Eyes of the Empire. Maela slipped her hand into her pocket and rubbed the smooth rounded surface of a probe droid's main eye. How many times had she traced these eyes longing to see what they saw? Imagine flinging herself through the reaches of space alongside them to uncover sights untold. And now here she was, as close as she could get, the fates and visions of tens of thousands of probe droids at her fingertips. It was an actual dream come true for her at last. 
at least, sorry, for her, at least. Come on, man, I'm reading everything and then I mess up the last word. It doesn't matter. So yes, great. Uh, we called it Imperial Probe Droid. Our friend is gonna be featured right there. Look at this. So, oh man, I love this figure so much. Look at that. It's not a red eye, but there he is. So it won't be from his point, his point of view, but not. Uh, he just stumbled down. Of course, it's not him thinking about it, but the person receiving the image and what she's seeing, Mael, I guess her name is. So yes, yes, very excited about this this first story. Uh, can't wait to read more about it. Uh, let me see what else. So we also got another one called "She Will Keep Them Warm" by Delilah S. Dawson. That she wrote the Captain Phasma novel, and I believe she wrote um, the one for Galaxy's Edge. I'm forget if it's the Galaxy Edge one. That's the name of it. it's called something about Batu. But she did write for at least two Star Wars books already. So she has a story here about the Tom Tom that goes out with, um, I'm not sure if this is Luke's or Han Solo's Tom Tom, but it's, he's free, he's out there, he's not confined to the base, he's finally free and he will keep them warm. We know unfortunately what's gonna happen. So I'm guessing this is Han Solo who just dies when he finds Luke. Uh, great. Uh, she says she's going to make us cry feeling about this tom-tom. I do feel it's going to happen. An animal is free in its environment, and unfortunately, we know what's going to happen. So that's going to be a great one. Another one, The First Lesson by Jim Sub, And he's talking about Yoda waiting for Luke to come to Dagobah and starting that training with him. That's going to be awesome. Everything with, with Yoda, more about the Force. Can't wait for it. Uh, disturbance by Mike Chen, which is about the Emperor when he feels that disturbance of Luke Skywalker, or uh, for he doesn't say Luke Skywalker, the disturbance in the Force that there's another one out there that's gonna it's gonna come up. And he calls his friend Vader to, hey Vader, have you seen this disturbance? We gotta talk about it. And before we keep talking about it, let's say hi to our friend and he's back, Michael from the Two Met Two Star Wars Network. Hi Michael, how you doing? Missed you last week, but that's fine. Thanks for taking the time and being here with us a little bit today. Um, what else? So we also have, oh, come on. This is another another one that we were pretty sure was gonna happen, was going to become a story. So we called it, but everyone kind of did also. doesn't matter. And it is the story about the Exegord. Exegord, Exegord. Um, so yes, the Caves Log or the, yeah, Caves Log. Uh, it was born on the thin breath breathless edge of the galaxy where light and warmth are legend told to frighten children. Space is so much quieter out here, safer. There are stretches of dark on the rim where even something as vast and vulnerable as its father and mother could pass unnoticed. This is No Cave by Catherine Valenti. Who doesn't want to read more about the space log? We all want to know more with, about the space log. We talked about it in that episode a few months ago. He's just sleeping there minding his business, trying to hibernate or whatever they do in space. And then uh, he gets a fly caught on his throat, basically the Millennium Falcon there, they start shooting at him. He's got a, it's like biting your tongue, basically. That's what he's feeling. And then what's going on? My mom and dad are somewhere around. I'm just a baby. And now I got to deal with this nuisance of my mouth. So yes, again, something that we jokingly said we wanted to see. I think everyone said it. And it's cool that we're going to get it. 
another one is called Virgins, which is the dark side of the cave, the dark side cave, sorry, by Tracy Dion. Uh, this is another one that a few people out in the Twitterverse wanted to see, a story from the dark side cave point of view. I don't have that synopsis with me right now, but it was pretty cool the way the cave describes people going into, what they take with them. They always come here trying to find themselves and so, things of that sort, so pretty awesome. Uh, another one that we're going to be seeing, which has got me, and you know me. Um, I don't know if you can see it. That's our guy, Boba Fett. So are we getting a story about Boba Fett? We're getting about three, but this is the one that gets me. The galaxy was lousy with idiots. We can say that in a lot of places. All right, the galaxy was lousy with idiots, but where, but where there was an idiot, there was a case of credits Fed could collect called Wait For It by Soraida Cordova. Or Cordova, I should say. I should use my Spanish accent for Spanish name. Soraida Cordova. So yes, can't wait for that. Boba Fett, I said it here before. Where is he? He's somewhere. Oh, he's right there. Hey, there he is. Hey, yo, Boba Fett. He's got his own story in from a certain point of view in Power Strikes Back. Um, again, give me all the Boba that you guys want to give me. The more we can see of this character and hopefully keep redeeming himself a little bit more so people don't think of him as the butt of the joke that just falls down the Sarlacc pit. So the more Boba Fett we can get showing how badass of a bounty hunter he was, give it to me. I'm ready for it. Another one that has to do with Boba Fett a little bit is called Standard Imperial Procedure by Sarwat Chada, which is about the slave one being discarded with the trash of the Imperial Star Destroyer before it goes into hyperspace. hyperspace like Han Solo said, they're just attached to it. Hey, if they follow Imperial Procedure, they'll drop their trash before going to hyperspace. So I think it's Boba Fett paying someone a few credits to keep the keep the slave one in the trash before it's going out there. And, oh man, busy guy here. Uh, he just had a political campaign going, a debate going, and he's here now. Our friend, Cam Ray. Howdy, Cam. How are you doing? I only saw part of that debate. I got to go back. I've heard that there were some changes of minds in pizza toppings. I, I'm not sure how, how I feel about that, but Whatever happened, you're here. Thank you. Let's talk some Star Wars, some more Star Wars with all of you guys. Um, where am I? Oh, so from a certain point of view, A New Hope, some of the best stories were the one involving Obi-Wan Kenobi talking with Qui-Gon Jinn, Yoda, because he wanted Lay instead of Luke. All those were great. And we have another one here. We, we knew that Obi-Wan had to show up in a few of these, and there's a great one by Mackenzie Lee titled, There is Always Another. I had hoped that dying would be enough to untangle me from the Skywalker family's issues. And yet, here I am again, Obi-Wan Kenobi, one with the Force, and still the only thing standing between a Skywalker and an impulsive decision that could have galactic consequences. Poor Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's like... Because you know Yoda. Yoda, see, Yoda said, um, forever sleep. I'm going to go to sleep. Finally, I can rest. Kenobi, no. Becomes a force goat. Got to still follow uh, Luke Skywalker. He knows it's impulsive. Those Skywalker genes, they're always trying to do something. Even when you tell them to take a few steps back, think about it. No. So here he is. 
what what did he say? The only thing standing between a Skywalker and an impulsive decision that could have galactic consequences. We all know about Anakin Skywalker, his impulsive decision. He's not rational. That's something he knows he can't be. Just so attack of the clones. I think that's what he tells Patna at one point. And now here is Obi-Wan again, having to keep going from the Skywalker family issues and can always, always in the middle. And here we we are hoping that the Kenobi series all, also touches upon this a little bit. Uh, so yes, give me all, give me all the Obi-Wan Kenobi that you can, Force goes, um, anything that has to do with the Force and Obi-Wan. Yes, I'm interested in it. Uh, let me see what else we have here going on. Oh man, Michael. Here I was missing you from last week. Well, with this comment, I think I might ban you again. Here Michael is saying, are you referring to Boba the Buffoon? I'm this close, this close of kicking you out. I'll keep you for a little bit, but we'll see. And then Cam talking about his debate saying it was enlightening. Uh, oh, look who it is, our guest from last week, Pink Milk, gay dudes on Star Wars, Brian from Pink Milk. Hello, I made it. Thanks, Brian, for being here. We had a lot of fun last week. Um, if you guys haven't watched that show yet or listened to it on the podcast, make sure after you finish with this one, go hit play on that one. A lot of fun talking about uh, Brian's background, how he got into Star Wars, his show, some great topics and conversations he's having over there. And of course, we finished talking about his favorite movie, his favorite one of his favorite characters in our keyboard uh, playing friend over there in Java's Palace. A lot of time talking about Java's Palace, Max Rebo everyone so yes make sure that you guys check that out and check his channel out also yeah two weeks in a row come on over i know you want to start your own youtube channel we'll watch it i know you're you're starting to get the feel for it you're here checking how the how the chat behaves and all that so let's have some fun that's why why we're here all right so next up there's oh so this is the one. This is the first one that I said I wanted to see. How the hell does... No, it was the guy that sets up the table for Darth Vader dinner or lunch over at uh, Cloud City. And here we go. Wait, Darth Vader is your guest? That's who you want me to cook for? That's what I want you to cook for, Lando said. Should have said that in a Lando voice, but I can't. Titled, But What Does He Eat? by S.A. Chuck. Chakraborty. So, yes, Darth Vader, you got to set up the table, set up the scene, but what does he eat? I told you guys, you need a straw, you need soft soft food, a lot of soup, um, things like of that nature, no hard, nothing hard. Uh, so, yes, <laughs> this is going to be extremely funny, hopefully. Uh, this is what I wanted. These books are just to go all over the place. Uh, they are Imperial Space Draw, the Imperial Probe Draw is going to be great. Uh, there's another one about the Tontons. There's two about them. Again, just going all nuts. And of course, I want to see the guy setting up Darth Vader, the table for Darth Vader and cooking for Darth Vader. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, we also have Beyond the Clouds, which is a female bounty hunter who follows Boba Fett by Lillian Rivera. And then one that we also said we should get something about it, and it's our friend from Solo, the great droid L337. L337 would have shrugged here if he had been the old days, the days before she'd been uploaded to the Falcon and had become one of the three droid brains that made up the ship's computer. She'd built herself such, a, such good shoulders too. 
Faith in an Old Friend by Brittany Williams. Um, so we did mention this on our show a few weeks ago, how having that conversation between the Falcon and c Trippio when he says, oh, it's more peculiar dialogue or more peculiar, I can't remember exactly, you know what I mean. Uh, so yes, having that conversation, having been able to get back to L337, now having lived in the Falcon for so many years, is she the one talking? Is she already lost her senses, I guess, because she lost her, her autonomy, uh, becoming one with the Falcon, one of the three brains. So this is can be very interesting. If they do it right, don't treat it as a joke, which I doubt it, might be very interesting. So yes, this can't wait for this one either. Uh, let me go back to the chat real quick. I'm Michael. He's, oh, Michael, you're getting on my nerves. Alberto is banned from this show. Cam, you are you are by him. Please remove him from the recording studio. No, no, I think I, I think Cam is in Florida. So hopefully he doesn't make it up here where I am and kicks me out. I gotta gotta keep an eye on it. Uh, but Cam, I'll, I trust you. Uh, Cam Ray is saying, looking forward to this book. I haven't read a New Hope one yet either, but I have it on Kindle. Too much Star Wars to read. Yes, too much Star Wars to read. Same with me. I. I haven't read the full and you have one from a certain point of view, just a couple of stories. And as much as I like this one, it's what, like 600 pages. Uh, it's coming out November 10th, but we also have the Alphabet Squadron. Last book is coming, I think in March. We have all the High Republic books coming at the beginning of the year. The Mandalorian books also coming, I believe, at the beginning of the year, somewhere along that point, February or March, I believe. I know it got postponed a little bit. Uh, it's a lot of Star Wars to read right now, which I love. Unfortunately, this is one that I might skip for a little bit and then come back to it or just read a few stories along the way. And then the last one that I wrote real quick before moving to our next story, it is Right Hand Man, which is the medical droid that treats Luke Skywalker when they take him to the Millennium Falcon back to the medical frigate. And he basically, uh, this is written by Lydia Kang, and he tells him, how many times are you going to keep coming back to me, Skywalker? I won't be able to save you one of these days. So I love my droids, as I said. If you follow, if you've heard, heard or watched my reviews from Alphabet Squadron, you know that I really love the torture droid that they have on that book. So having another droid here is going to be interesting. So we'll see. Uh, so yes, Cam, you're right. It is a good problem to have all the books are coming out. Not for my wallet, but at least for here. Yes, very good. My wallet, no. All right, so that's our first. Oh, man, I'm so excited to talk about this new story and all the, from a certain point of view, I forgot to put this little image down there. From a, from a certain point of view, Empire Strike Back stories revealed. And from there, we go to our next news story, and it is the High Republic. Republic! And here we go, the crow from the High Republic. This was revealed a few days before the New York Comic Con panel for Star Wars Publishing. They revealed a lot of great stuff about the New Republic, starting with the crow, Star Wars, the High Republic. The galaxy is at peace, ruled by the glorious Republic and protected by the noble and wise Jedi Knights. As a symbol of all that is good, the Republic is about to launch Starlight Beacon into the far reaches of the Outer Rim. This new space station will serve as a ray of hope for all to see. But just as a magnific magnificent renaissance spread throughout the Republic, so does a frightening new adversary. 
Now the guardians of peace and justice must face a threat to themselves, the galaxy, and the force forever. What is Star Wars without a crawl? Rogue One, <laughs> joking. Uh, but yes, crawls are always a great part of Star Wars. This is also a great crawl. It gives you a little bit of what the story is when it starts. Uh, protectors, the noble and wise Jedi Knights, Starlight Beacon, and then something happens. We've known this from be before a little bit. They say that this the big there's a big incident. So what were some of the reveals from this panel in New York Comic Con? Let me read to you guys real quick. I'm reading from Star Wars News Net. They said the Legacy Run is a cargo ship that collides with something in hyperspace, causing cargo and passenger cars to be scattered on different planets. The Jedi respond to this disaster. Uh, we read this. This is from that first book by Charles Soule, Light of the Jedi. Uh, about a month or so ago, they released the first chapter, and this happens. That's when the Legacy Run is in hyperspace. There's something in there. It turns, it crashes, and that's how the story starts. So, yes, that's the setup for the, the whole High Republic. That's the setup for that great disaster. We knew that Yoda was going to be in there. Cam Ray, you're still here. You did that great Yoda gif, rolling his eyes. But yes, we know that Yoda's going to be here. Yoda will be the younger, will be with younger Padawans in training, and he won't. You won't see him until slightly later during the fallout of the Great Disaster. Again, great. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Great that Yoda's going to be there. We didn't want him overshadowing anything because we want to learn about all the new characters. But having Yoda there. He'll come back a little bit later in the story. He's going to be with the younger Padawans, the younglings. Uh, again, watching Attack of the Clones this week. That's what he's doing. He's teaching the younglings. He teaches everyone. So cool to know that 300 years ago, 200 years ago, he was still doing this. All right. So let's see. Let's keep going. So we also learned characters from Into the Dark. I believe that's the Claudia Gray book. They are actually caught up in the great disaster itself. And Keith Trennis is, I think, Chris, Keith Travis, I believe it's, it's the name, is posted to Starlight Beacon, which is a massive space station and has literally only just become a Jedi Knight. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, I know, Cam. I was hoping Yoda was going to be a sassy teen, but oh well. I mean, maybe when they go Old Republic or something, a thousand years ago or 800 years, then we can have sassy teen yoda because yoda would be what like 700 years 600 years at this point yeah i don't know if that's a teen for that species but it'll be fun because you did do a sassy teen yoda so we'll see uh so here's where it uh, it became interesting not let me change that it was interesting before this is when it got more interesting screw it interesting we're keeping the word uh we learned that they talk that Jedi perceive the Force different. So it's the Force It's the best thing about Star Wars, at least for me. And how everyone perceives the Force is always in contention. What Every movie introduces a new element to the Force. And we're always, some people are, yeah, cool, give me all about it. Others are more, uh, that's new, uh, the Force connection. No, Yoda using the Force as a Force goes to strike the tree down with the lightning in The Last Jedi, the first time we saw Force Lightning. All these are new. Uh, Phantom Menace, the Jedi jump and then running very fast. All those were new concepts of the Force, so they keep introducing more. Uh, so yes, a lot of Jedis 
feel the forest in a different ways. And here we go. So we have Aval Chris, which we know is one of the most, the main Jedi in this story. She perceives the forest as music and calls it the song of the forest. Never seen this before using music in Star Wars. We'll see. Uh, the Wookiee Jedi, Buriaga Agaburri, perceived the forest as a big forest and himself as one leaf on a larger tree. Again, Wookiees, they're one with nature, so it makes sense that they perceive it as a, a big forest. Bernastra Rowe from Test of, A Test of Chorus sees herself in the forest as a small stream that leads to a river, then to the sea. And in Into the Dark, we have a Jedi who's less in tune with the force than a lot are and has to work harder to connect with it. Uh, great stuff. Like I said, I love the force. We got to keep going. Give us more force. This is the Jedi from 300 years ago. They're not caught up too much in politics, I hope, as they are in the Phantom Menace and the prequels. So give me all the different, make the force crazy. That, that's what it's supposed to be. And it's they're all different, but still similar in that they're a very tiny particle in this bigger force. So uh, the force is music and it's just a song. So it's just a note in a whole song. The Wookiee, Agaburria, uh, he's a leaf in a forest. Then we have, I'm just a stream in a river. So everything it's I'm just part of this bigger whole, which is a force. So great. Uh, it then comes to talk to... Makes me, it made me think about Ezra and how he connects to animals in Rebels. We know that he has this connection to animals, so maybe that's how Ezra perceives the Force. We're going to talk maybe a little bit about something in Attack of the Clones that also reminded me about it. Um, so a few more notes from the High Republic panel. They said one of Claudia Gray's other characters is a young Matthew McConaughey with a spaceship. All right, all right. Uh, it made me think of Nath Tenset from Alphabet Squadron. I think it's that kind of character. So we'll see. Very interesting to have a character like this in a Star Wars book, especially written by Claudia Gray. Uh, the Wookiee Jedi has a two-handed lightsaber built to match his strength, strength and size. So the thing about this, yes, you see a big eight-foot Wookiee. You can give him a little tiny lightsaber that the one I have back here. But at the same time, lightsabers is a light, so it doesn't weigh anything. So the only thing that weighs is the handle, right? The, the hill. That's the only thing that has any weight to it. So he shouldn't need a huge one. But again, you don't want to give him a little, let me one second, ah, a little pencil lightsaber hand uh, hilt like this. Eh. So you got to be a, a big one for those big, burly, wookie hands. Uh, yeah, so again, great to hear. Uh, they also say that they have been referenced to the High Republic in recent work that no one has picked up yet. And they started writing or working on phase two of the High Republic. So all great news, all great stuff. I've said many times before that the High Republic is the one thing in the Star Wars future has me the most excited or that I'm looking forward to the most. I love Kenobi. I can't wait for Kenobi. I'm really excited for the Cassian Andor series. But this is right there. Just a few months. This was supposed to come out in September originally. But then pandemic happens. Who knew? Uh, life changes a little bit. But this is coming in a few months. Extremely excited about it. So, yes, hopefully you guys are too. And before we move on, let me see what you guys are talking about in the chat. Cam Ray, we're talking about Yoda and Sassy Yoda and all that. And you mentioned, 
or Mandalorian season five, baby Yoda can fill that role. <laughs> Who knows? By the time season five, the way Mandalorian's going, season five, six, teenage baby Yoda will be like teenage Groot, right? But even cuter and uh, with a voice. So maybe. Uh, our friend Brian from, from Pink Pink Milk adds, I love that you said that Yoda in Attack of the Clone, Attack of the Clones made me love Yoda more than I have I've had, ever had before. We start with kindness to Padme and the top of the film to his moment with the younglings. Yes. Yoda. To me, say what you want about the prequels and the sequels. To me, Yoda has always been written perfectly. I don't have any complaints about Yoda. Even Puppet Yoda, when he came out in Force Awakens before they changed it to the CGI, I love everything about Yoda. Hello, who's here? Our friend, Kat Girl. Hey, everyone. Hi, Kat. Thanks for being here. You caught, we just finished talking about the High Republic. We talked a little bit before about, from a certain point, Empire Strikes Back. But now we're here for the main event, which is Star Wars Rewind. Oh man, I messed up that intro. It doesn't matter. Star Wars Rewind, Attack of the Clones. So here we go. We started this a few weeks ago when I basically decided, I think it's time for me to start review, not reviewing. I don't want to do a shot by shot review of each movie. Everyone does that. Everyone has different ways of looking at the movies and we're not going to take that away from anyone. So what I wanted to do was just rewind. Let's take a look back at 2002 when Attack of the Clones came out. We'll talk about the trailer, the title, our feelings going into it, our feelings coming out of the movie, how our experiences have changed throughout the years, and then what we liked about it and what we didn't like. So, and for you guys in the chat, please stay on it. Keep keep sending those thoughts. I want to know what you guys think about this movie, good, bad, ugly, keep it civil. It doesn't matter. We don't have to agree on everything as long as we understand that everyone has different point of views of liking or disliking something. And we'll finish up with a couple of thoughts from our fans on Twitter, send me their thoughts around this movie, which we're going to talk about them. So, all right, let's get to it. So first, the trailer. Uh, pretty good trailer, at least that teaser that we saw originally. Uh, we have Mace Windu with the great line that has been used hundreds of times now, every time we talk about the Jedi and their fall, it's, we are keepers of peace, not soldiers. Unfortunately, they do become soldiers, and that's not all of it, but part of their downfall. Uh, we have Yoda on his floating pod, which I'm going to call a pram, same as Baby Yoda. He has Yoda floating on his little pram. Uh, our first look, I, I guess, of Django Fett. We have Slave One. So again, for those Boba Fett fans, seeing Slave One with a different paint job was great. Django Fett, just a blue Boba Fett in our eyes when we first saw him. We see the clone army, which is great. Uh, there's a lot from the Battle of Geonosis, the social zone in this trailer, which gives you, amp oh, it's Attack of the Clones. We're ready for this. We heard this back in 1977. Not really, but you know what I mean. When A New Hope came out, I don't mean one can always mention, so makes, makes a reference to the Clone Wars and fighting with Anakin in the Clone Wars. And then we hear, oh, Attack of the Clones is coming. Finally, we're going to see what this is. And then having that battle of Genosis shown up in the trailer gives you that sense that, yeah, we're there. And there's also a scene of the lightsaber battle with, with Count Dooku when Anakin has both lightsabers. So they show that in the trailer, which is great, right? We just 
came out from attack from the Phantom Menace. First time seeing a double lightsaber, uh double bladed lightsaber, and now we see someone wielding two lightsabers. So great. Uh I'm not gonna say great. I think the Phantom Menace trailer I liked a little bit better. This it's a very action trailer, but it gets you feeling on that action scene, action type of mindset that you're gonna be seeing a lot of action in Star Wars. Does it translate to the movie? I have my thoughts about it. So let's see, what else? Uh, poster. Oh, let's talk about that poster. And there's a lot of posters for Star Wars movie. We know that. There's a lot of posters for every movie. And we're going to pick our favorite from each one. Last, Not last week. When we did our Star Wars Rewind, The Phantom Menace, we show one of the, the best posters out there. Um, little Anakin Skywalker, little Annie with the shadow of Vader in the back. And here we have another great one, which is a Jedi shall know. Shall, oh man, I can't read today. A Jedi shall not know anger, nor hatred, nor love. There's Anakin, there's Padme, separated by those words. Jedi can form attachments. So great poster. Another thing, again, Twitter wasn't around back there, but he's holding a red lightsaber, basically, which. He doesn't in the movie, but it tells you what's going to happen. So if Twitter was around back then when this poster came out, there's a lot of theories that would have come out from that one. But it's a great poster, a uh, great tagline. And then, yeah. So what do you guys think? you guys like that poster? Again, let me know in the comments below or in the chat. Do you guys like that poster? Is there another one that you liked? A lot of the other Star Wars posters are just all the faces and ships and stuff. So I prefer this this. Smaller ones a little bit better. Ooh, excuse me. See what you guys are saying out there. Cam races. I love AOTC when it came out, the whole Boba Django story, and then Yoda going <laughs> pay psychopath, Banshee on Dooku. Awesome. And I won't jump ahead, but I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna touch on all those points. I'm not just gonna give you a quick hint. I agree. Everyone, everything was awesome. Cam also writes, the romantic dialogue between Anakin and Padme was obviously bad, but I write it off as them being awkward, not poor writing. Why are you taking all my points, Cam? Don't take my points. I know Michael told you to come in here, take over my show. He was banning me from my old show, and now you're taking all my points away from me. Oh, man, I'm not going to be, man, you guys. All right, so that's the poster. Oh, we didn't talk about the title. Like I mentioned, Attack of the Clones. I do think it's a great title for what we expected the movie was going to be. Again, we know the Clone Wars. We didn't know the Clone Wars TV series was going to happen at that point, of course. But hearing Attack of the Clones did sound promising. But then, of course, the movie was really, wasn't really Attack of the Clones till the end. All right. So our thoughts and expectations before the movie, when we went to see the first time. I'll be honest, I don't remember. This is almost 20 years ago, 18 years ago, so I don't remember exactly what I was expecting. I was really pumped for it. Again, it's a Star Wars movie. I really enjoyed The Force Awakens when it came out, only three years after it. Uh, super pumped for it, seeing the trailer, finally seeing a adult, late teenage Anakin was going to be great. We knew that downfall was coming. So we expected it to be a little, little bit darker. It's the second one in the trilogy. So those are always a little bit more deeper. So extremely excited for this movie to come out. And yes, we couldn't wait for it. And then our thoughts after seeing the movie for the first time, like Cam said, 
first time, I think this is the first time in a movie theater when everyone, at least that I seen, just went nuts. And it's when Yoda pulls out that lightsaber and just goes nuts, starts flipping and flopping and spinning. Everyone jumped out, everyone was screaming, and that's the first thing everyone everyone was talking when they walked out of the theater. I know in recent years, so yeah, in recent years, people have made fun of it. It doesn't matter. And if you're lying to yourself, if when you saw this the first time, especially if it was in a packed movie theater, you didn't lose your mind. So seeing that was awesome coming out of it, uh, talking about Django Fett and that scene with um, Kenobi was great. Uh, the Battle of Geonosis, seeing all those Jedi's was awesome. So coming out of the movie that first time, extremely excited. What I do remember, because this came out the same year that Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers came out, a few months later in December. I remember after seeing Two Towers, talking to my brother and telling him, uh, I think this is better than Attack of the Clones. And that was big praise back then. It's, it's still better than Attack of the Clones. But yes, really love Attack of the Clones when I, when I, when I came out from seeing it that first time. Throughout the years, it's gone down. Um, because similar to Force Awakens, there's just so much Star Wars out there that even some of the great ones will unfortunately go down a few notches because a lot of the other Star Wars is better. So Attack of the Clones has taken a dip in my in my rankings, if you want to say that. I won't say my rankings just yet. Like I said, after I've gone through all the movies, then we'll do our official rankings about everything in Star Wars. I'll be our... Probably season two finale, but that's months away. Uh, so yes, our feelings and experience with Attack of the Clones has gone down. Usually saying this is in the bottom half, close to the bottom, if not my least favorite. We'll see if it changes after watching all the movies. And at the end, I'll tell you what I think about it now that I watched it this past week, a few days ago. Actually, I finished it this morning. Um, so yes, let me see what else. And then, okay, so that's it. And let's start with what we liked. And I did wrote down a lot of things that I write, but there's a lot of stuff. All right, before we go, I get a Cambrai. I'm disappointed in you. So I don't con condone that, of course. I went to the theater multiple times and bought multiple copies of the film. So I am just justifying the piracy. Oh, wait, I skipped, I skipped a comment. I downloaded the film weeks before it released, burned it on a VCD, and had a watch party. Come on, man. You want to be a president? Uh, yes. Awful. I've done it. Not with this one. I've seen a few movies before, but not that one. <laughs> All right. So what did we like? Let's start. I like the title. Attack of the Clones is a good title. I like the crawl. It makes you feel like the war is there. You're inside that war already. You're in the middle of the war. Uh, so it's a pretty good crawl, gets you in the mood for the movie. Um, in this day and age, it's memes galore. If you love memes, Attack of the Clones got you set. So we have death sticks. Everyone does something about death sticks. Um, I hate sand. I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. Not just the men, but the women and the children. So if you like memes and gifs, Attack of the Clones is the movie for you. And then, of course, you venture the Sith, but we'll get to that in a few weeks. Like I mentioned, the crawl starts great. Uh, the beginning of the movie, when that Naboo cruiser is reaching Coruscant, you'll see a bunch, like hundreds of ships just coming in and out of orbit, which we hadn't seen in Star Wars before, at least not in that scope. 
I love that. The, I know, and we'll talk about it, CGI is off in some points, but that scene is great. I just seen how busy Coruscant is, so seeing the ships in and out was awesome. Uh, we get to see a lot of new Jedis, of course, in the council, when we meet um, Palpatine at the beginning, Battle Geonosis, there's a bunch of Jedi just running around, which is great. Um, world building. And I started thinking about world building thanks to one of our fans who sent us their thoughts. I'll read them in a few minutes. But they mentioned world building, world building, and they're not wrong. We know George Lucas might be a little off sometimes with his dialogue and story writing, but creating a world and setting the scene, there's few people as him. So we here have a bunch of planets. Coruscant, there's a lot of new stuff with Coruscant. We go back to new places in Naboo, new places on Tatooine, Camino, Geonosis. We got the Rishi Maze, Poison Darts, Toxic Worms, Changeling, Jedi Starfighters, a bunch of new droids, um, sorry, droid ships, the spider droids, the Republic Dropship, Republic Crawlers, uh, Slave One, like I mentioned before, uh, the Banking Clan, Techno Union, the Reek, the Ackley, the Nexu. There's so much in Star Wars that we've come to know and love that came from this movie. So, yes, you can say that you don't like it, that the dialogue is off, that Anakin is creepy. He is. But there's so much world building that it's synonymous with Star Wars now that came from this movie. And that's just great. We can't take that away from it. Um, the banter with between Anakin and Obi-Wan Kenobi is great. I know a lot of people say that they didn't feel that connection between the two of them until they saw the Clone Wars, but I think it's there. Uh, some of the great, they have real, real conversations when, again, at the beginning, Anakin says, I can't sleep. I know I dream about your mother. So he's talking about dreaming his mother, something is going to happen to her. And Obi-Wan tells this great line that I love, dreams passing time. I love that line. And then we go into be mindful of your feelings. They betray you. You made a commitment to the Jedi Order, a commitment which is not easily broken. Here he's talking about Anakin and his feelings to Padme. But then Clone Wars comes around. We know that Obi-Wan went through this. Right before this, if we do the timeline, that year that he was with Qui-Gon protecting Satine, that happened before this. So before we meet Satine, the Clone Wars, they already had that relationship. So Kenobi knows what he's talking. He's just letting Anakin know, don't let your feelings get in the way because when the Jedi orders, a commitment not easily broken. Uh, we also have <laughs> Obi-Wan, of course, and this is for the audience. And that's when we start getting sad. What do I get the feeling that you're going to be the death of me? And then don't say that, Master. You're the closest thing I have to a father. Again, it puts you in that setting that you know what's going to happen. You know, by the end of this trilogy, Obi-Wan has to basically kill Anakin or leave him for dead. And then we know that Darth Vader comes back and kills Kenobi in A New Hope. So he's setting the scene so many movies ahead of time, which for us is just heartbreaking to know what's coming. <clears throat> Um, I love the speeder chase at the beginning with um, Sam Wessel when she's trying to kill the senator. She sends those toxic or poison slugs to her. And then we have Obi-Wan just jumping through the window. No cares for life. He's just going to hold on to that droid a thousand feet in the air. Hundreds of ships and flying cars or whatever you want to call them. Speeders just 
swishing back and forth and he's just holding for dear life. But that's our friend. That's Kenobi. That's why we love him. I love that part. Again, another great thing. If, yeah, you gotta love it. Um, yes, can be all right. The music in the speed of chasing is great. This movie has a lot of great music, a lot of great themes that don't get a lot of attention. We know, of course, um, Crossy Stories, I believe is the name, uh, Crossy Stories, uh, but there's a lot of it also in here. Um, then when they get to the bar, Jedi business, go back to the drinks, nothing to see here. Love that scene. Um, I love that scene because it's frame and shot like Sam is talking Anakin. You think that she's following Anakin, she's going to kill him, and then it turns out that she was about to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. He turns around, slashes her with the lightsaber, and then we know he. when A New Hope comes by, he has his experience using lightsabers in a crowded bar. She was no problems, but I do like that scene because, again, just watching it, you think it's going to be Anakin, and now it's Obi-Wan, the one who's in trouble. Um, Dex Diner. Who doesn't love Dex? You want a cup of Jawa juice? That's another great scene. We all love Dex. Obi, get it. What's up, Dex? Uh, we had the introduction of the Jedi Archives and our friend Jocasta Nu, our grumpy librarian, who turns out to be a badass in that Vader comic. But again, the Jedi Archives very important in Star Wars lore and then in a lot of books and TV shows. The Jedi Archives is very important. It was introducing Attack of the Clones. And I always love when Obi-Wan goes to Yoda and the younglings to, hey, I'm trying to find this planet. It's supposed to be in this corner but in the Rishi maze where I can't find it. And then, of course, they're all Liam tells me, oh, just because someone erased it for the archive's memory. The other one is right. Then the way Obi-Wan calls back that flying planet orb, solar system orb, I love that design or that effect, I should say. It's so seamless. Again, we criticize the CGI in the, in the prequels a lot. I'm not going to do a, a scene real soon, which is similar to this one. But the way he calls back that orb and it just turns off, flows through his hands, puts it back in the pocket. I love it. I don't know the execution of it. I love that scene. Ooh, let me take a breather. I'm going to start getting some water here soon. Um, and then, of course, he goes to Camino. We have clones, clones, clones. If you love clones like I do, we, we get our first look at the clones. All that white armor, I feel them with yellow and blue and red. Great clone design. Those phase one clones are awesome. And then, of course, like Cam said, everything with Django Fett is great. I think the Camino scene is probably my favorite in this whole movie. Since Obi-Wan gets to Camino, talks to Lama Su and Ton Wee. Um, again, going back to CGI, here we have an example of great CGI and not real great. Anything that's a close-up to the Camino ones is great. Just their faces, awesome. It still holds up. When it pulls out, pulls back, and it's just the whole body, especially when they're walking, next to Obi-Wan, you can tell that's just a CGI character just floating on the ground. So they spend all their money on those close-up shots, and then the farther away shots, not so much. But everything. Then you get when the whole talk about... Um, Jedi Master Sifo Diaz, uh, a man called Tyrannos, and Sifo Diaz that died 10 years ago. All oh, that scene is great. No, it's a bounty hunter. We keep him here. Yeah, let's go meet him. John Boba Fett, Boba Orotsui, whatever. 
I love that scene so much. Django Fed and Obi-Wan Kenobi facing each other. They know. Obi-Wan knows that that's the bounty hunter that's been trying to assassinate Padme. But he can't do anything about it. He needs proof. He's there to assess the situation, then bring him back. And then you have Django just saying, come on, he knows who I am. And he was just going to stand face to face to, to this Jedi. I'm not backing down. I'm going to BS my way, not BS my way through it. I'm just going to talk crap to him because he can prove it. He knows it, but there's nothing he can do about it. He can prove that I'm the one. So have you ever been to Coruscant? Maybe. Possibly. Um, so yes, uh, that whole scene is great. We have uh, the reveal of Darth Tyrannos, which we know is Count Dooku. Uh, and then we go, when he tells Boba Fett, pack your things, we're leaving. And then that great battle in the rain, which again, next movie is going to be the battle in the, I want to say shower, <laughs> in the lava. But it's a great scene there with that great fight between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Jango Fett. We get a few more Mandalorian hijinks with the, the grapple gun uh, or the when he ties Obi-Wan's hands, then Obi-Wan doing his little thing to wrap around the pole when he's falling down. Great scene. Some of my favorite in Star Wars and my favorite in this movie. And I don't know if you can see him back here. This, uh, there we go. There he is. There's Django Fett. I think you can see him. I also bust of Django Fett, but I love that scene. And then, of course, it translates to the chase in the asteroid field and the seismic charges. Love that sound back in 2002 and loved it when it came back in The Last Jedi. So, again, everything we in Camino, Django Fett, and Obi-Wan Kenobi is my favorite of this movie. And after, as I'm watching this, we know Kenobi, the negotiator. He's also a detective. Sorry, think I know we're getting that Kenobi show, so it can be there. But I would love to see something, a book. I wrote down a movie, but we know that's not going to happen. A young Obi-Wan Kenobi detective something. A movie, TV show, a book, a comic. Just give me. Obi-Wan Kenobi going on a detective hunt, trying to find someone or something. I'm all down for it. We know Kenobi's great. He's a great detective. He's like Batman. That's what I'm saying right now. Kenobi is the Batman of the Star Wars universe. And I need more detective stories from him. So Lucasfilm, Del Rey books. Whenever you decide to find me, send me advanced copies. Send me a copy of that Obi-Wan detective story that I know you guys are hiding from me. <sighs> what else? So, so all this happens in that first half of the movie. Or not really. There's about two scenes that I'm talking about here. And then we have Anakin going back to Tatooine. Everything Tatooine is great. Um... And this is when I think Hayden's best acting in this whole movie comes in. It's that scene in Tatooine where he's talking to the Lawrence home. We see the Lawrence homestead for the first time. We meet Beru and, and Owen. We meet Click Lars. Sorry. They came in the night. They took her. We went out. We couldn't find her. It's been a month. She's dead. And it's like, uh, screw you guys. I'm going to find my mother. Not just the man, the woman, the children. We know that happens. It hit me again. I was watching the movie. I didn't think it was going to hit me. But when Anakin finds me, lets her, removes the bounce from her hands, she falls into her his hands. And then Annie is that I hate. I really don't like when people call Anakin Annie, Pat Mayer, whoever. The only one that should call him Annie is his mother. He's a grown man. No one should be calling him Annie except his mom. And she does a great, a great job. Just 
she's so bloody and scarred and is that you and then of course being a great mom that's me she turns it she doesn't care about herself she goes into mom mom mode how much you've grown you're so handsome i love you she couldn't get it out and then i'm breaking down anakin is breaking down he came to save his mom he couldn't he told her in the phantom menace i'll be back mom i'm gonna i'll liberate you basically and he couldn't do that breaks down goes to goes choppy choppy on those tuscan raiders and then we get the great meme again not just the men the woman the children he brings me back to the homestead and i just love that look he gives click lars especially but also um, owen because click just told him your mom your mom's dead son accepted and it's like no he found his mom but too late he looks at a click lars like dude you had a month to do this and you didn't do jack s i went out i found her it was too late this is your fault not really but the look that he gave him shattering so go back and check it if you haven't he breaks down Padme comes to confront him a little bit throws a fit this is obi-wan's fault he's, he's jealous he's holding me back and then we start seeing this is where the fall is gonna be he already lost his mom he tells Padme, i'm gonna be the most powerful jedi ever i'll even learn to stop people from dying we know where this is going so they bury me oh i should have said talking about the music it's so great when he's telling them i'm gonna go find my mom binary sunset is playing when he's stepping on that speeder which my favorite my favorite thing binary sunset is playing and then as soon as he spits away it changes to duel of the fates great transition between two of the most iconic pieces of music in star wars and again duel of the fates we've talked about this and i think they Filoni talked about it a lot better than i can talking about how Duel of the Fates, it's the fate of Anakin. Is he going to go to the dark side or the light, depending on, depending on that battle between Qui-Gon Jinn and Darth Maul, and we know what happened. So here again, we have, <clears throat> excuse me, Duel of the Fates, Anakin going to find his mom, and how is he going to react when he finds her and know and what's going to happen? Is he going to grab her, take her home, deal with it as a normal person? or go ape like he went, just ballistic. Again, Duel of the Fates, it all, the balance of Anakin's fate is right there. And we know, again, he chooses the dark side or the dark path, I should say. Um, we have Kenobi and Dooku then on Geonosis, another great scene. Dooku tells him everything, same thing that Darth Maul did, that Maul did to Ahsoka, tells him what's going on, join me, we can stop it. No, you're lying. All right, I'm trying to tell you, come help me, come help me. You're getting played. No, no, you're lying. All right, don't, don't say I didn't warn you. Uh, and then we get to the Battle of Geonosis, which is a great battle. Um, <clears throat> bunch of Jedis. Then we have, oh, forgot about the means. This part is over. When can, uh, Mace Windu gets there with all the Jedi, we have the big battle in the... Petronaki Arena, then we have the clone gunships coming in with Yoda, all the clones, big battle between the clones and the droids, awesome. There's a great CGI scene, again, we know that all the clones are CGI, but all the dust is up, the clones are fighting the droids, you can just only see the blue and red blaster bolts going and the 
clones pushing forward. It's a great scene, great, greatly directed, and the special effects in it is great. And then it kind of falls off. We're coming to the end of the movie. Great battle, like I mentioned before, with Duku and Yoda. Before then, Duku against Anakin and Kenobi. Kenobi gets taken out pretty quickly. But then the big battle at the end is Kenobi. It's um, ah, what's his name? Mace Windu against Yoda. Great battle. Greatly choreographed, not really. Loved it. Doesn't matter. And then we have the movie ends, the creation of the Grand Army of the Republic, the Imperial March theme go, starts picking up. Uh, we didn't win this battle. The Shroud of the Dark Side has fallen. Um, Bell Organa is saying it's hammering his fist on the ground as the starships are coming up. And then in the middle, Palpatine. Yes, I got it. This is me. So great thing. Um, great ending. And yeah, so that's what I like about Attack of the Clones. So let me see what you guys are saying before I see someone might be leaving. Hey, Brian. So hey, Alberto, this has been awesome. Glad I could hop in. Looking forward to watching this back where I got to put my editing headphones up and drink up. Good luck, Brian. I know you have a lot of editing, especially with all those special round tables that you're doing. Good luck. Uh, like I said at the beginning, subscribe to the Pink Milk podcast keep an eye on brian's twitter in case he does start a youtube channel and uh, he puts out music remixes on fridays i believe so give those a listen um so yes what else are you guys saying out there cam talking about the music saying i do remember listening the soundtrack before watching the film and really like many of the tracks i remember hearing hearing the imperial march creeping in on cello john william is always on yes um Talking, yes, across the stars is beautiful. This is a, a theme very similar to Leia on the way I picked on it. I really didn't pick on across the stars too much or the Leia theme until later on. So the Leia theme, unfortunately, when Carrie Fisher passed, that's when I started feeling a more connection to it. And across the stars was also years later, closer to three, four years ago, when people started talking a lot about it, at least me hearing about it. And that's when I started enjoying that theme a lot more. And Michael is saying that, yes, Dex is the man. Yes, Dex is the man. All right. So there's a lot of stuff that I mentioned that I did like. So some, what were some of the things that I didn't like about this movie too much? And yes, the dialogue. And that's where everything falls off for me. It's the dialogue between Anakin and Padme. But as I'm watching this movie, like Cam said, this is just two people that don't know how to navigate being attracted to each other. Anakin is a Jedi, so there's really no one that he can relate to having feelings for someone. Just 10 years ago, he had feelings for this person, Padme. He hasn't seen her in 10 years. We're still thinking about her. Uh, he can go to Obi-Wan about this or Yoda or Macy. He can't really explain it. So when he gets to see someone that he likes again, he's just stumbling and stuttering. It kind of reminds me of a 15-year-old me. Don't say that. Uh, but yeah, he's just trying to figure out what to say. But again, the way it comes off, it's distracting. So yeah, the dialogue is the thing that kind of pulls me away from it. Um, Anakin is creepy. We've said it before when we had the geeky waffle here talking about Padme. He's creepy. He's stalking Padme. What is he, why is he watching through the cameras? Like he said, oh, she turned off the camera. She didn't like me watching. 
And then five seconds later, he said, oh, I can sense everything that's happening on inside the room. If you can sense it, why are you watching the video? Again, stop being a creep and I can, too creepy. Uh, some of the CGI is dated, like I mentioned before. There's some great CGI in the pro, that's a problem. There's some great CGI paired next to some not so good and it's telling. So it pulls you out a little bit. I don't mind the clones being CGI. I think they work and they still hold up. But some of it doesn't like the Camino ones where they're just walking around. Um, I mentioned that I like that scene of Obi-Wan pulling that oil back to his hand. Then we have Anakin and Padme having their little brunch and him cutting that pear and using the force and she with the fork and biting the air. Doesn't work. The CGI is bad. The pear is bad. The fork touches. There's no movement. You can see that she's just biting the air. Doesn't work. Um, I don't like them frolicking in the grass when he's riding this big tick and then falls down. Again, didn't work then for me. Doesn't work now. Gonna be in the minority in this probably. I don't like Kenobi's mullet. I'm sorry. I don't like the mullet. And yes, Ken, the whole scene, that brunch scene is, is very bad. It's, again, it's just the way it was written. Unfortunately, George didn't have a, a good sense on that relationship, at least for that scene. Um, let me see what else. Oh, representative Binks gave birth to that bad theory out there that he's actually Darth Jar Jar. I hate this. People have tried to convince me that Darth Jar Jar is a thing, Jar Jar Binks was behind anything. No, stop it. Get that trash away from me. Um, I don't like the droid foundry when Anakin and Padme and the droids get there, so Tripio and R2. Watching it today, I had this realization it feels like these old side-scrolling video games. You got to take two steps forward, wait for something to drop, take a step back, something is coming. Okay, now jump. Now get a double jump. Now it goes, it just looked too stuck that I, it doesn't work. Didn't like it then, don't like it now. Uh, so I think it comes down to this. When I talked about the Phantom Menace, I said how surprised I was that I enjoyed it that much. It was an extremely fun movie. Watching Attack of the Clones, the reason I don't like it as much, I didn't have fun watching it. I know that's it's weird to say about a Star Wars movie. I said having fun is one of the best things about a Star Wars movie. It wasn't fun for me. There it's, it starts fine with the speeder chase on Coruscant. Then there's a big gap that to me is just too boring. There's nothing happening. And then we get to Camino, Tatooine, and Geonosis. There it picks up again, but that chunk in the middle, end of the first, um, what are that first 30 or 40, 30 minutes to about an hour and a half, so probably about 45 minutes in between, that to me just falls off. I lost interest, and then it picks up again. But as a whole, it just didn't keep me interested until they get to those scenes later on. So, yes, that's why this movie to me doesn't hold up as well as when I saw it back then. Uh, so we go Cam with some more comments and he wants to do a bad lip reading version of that uh, brown scene. It would be awesome. You do have those skills to be doing those. Um, Cam also agrees that the factory scene is terrible and that triple one-liners are too cringy and too many. Yes. And actually, it starts pretty well when he meets R2-D2 for the first time. Again, we got this big meeting. We've all been waiting. How did they meet? They met on Tatooine. And there is a little bit of banter right before they walk. Ooh, excuse me walk out of the ship 
um, C-3PO tells him, oh, you're a mechanic. What makes you think you know anything about human behavior or something? Or naturally, why do you think you're so smart? You're just a mechanic, something like that. And then C-3PO goes back, well, I was programmed to understand human behavior. So it does start, but yeah, then it falls down. Too many one-liners. Oh, I lost my head. Oh, this is such a drag. It's, it doesn't work. Michael saying, well, Al, maybe not all of us had the luck with the ladies, Judy. We can't all be mysterious fallen men or mysteries. Well, it does help. And actually, it didn't help back then. I remember back in 2000, I think 2004, I don't know when it was, coming to Orlando, going to Disney with my cousins and stuff. And like, okay, here we go. We're going to, hey, it didn't work. It didn't work then. I'm lucky it worked at least once with my wife now, and we're good. Ah, all right, so... So one thing I left off watching it on Disney Plus, there's a bunch of the deleted scenes and there's some cool ones there. There were a couple of deleted scenes that I did enjoy and wish I could explore those a little more. There's Dooku interrogating Padme on Geonosis, which gives a little bit more for Padme to do as a politician. Uh, we have the Kenobi going to the Jedi Temple or to the like to get analysis on the poison darts before taking them to Rex, which then pulls when he goes. When Rex says, well, I thought your droids knew, bit, knew the difference between knowledge and wisdom. So it gives a little bit more there. There's Obi-Wan Kenobi and Mace talking about Anakin, how he's not ready for this mission. Anakin, I mean, Obi-Wan tells Mace he has feelings for Padme. So I think he's conflicted. That should have been there because we know where it goes. It should have been there. But it also gives us this big hangar with all the Jedi starfighters, which was pretty awesome. And we have also... <clears throat> Obi-Wan in the Jedi temples and Yokasanu coming and talking a little bit about um, Count Dooku and why he left the Jedi Order. All those scenes were pretty good. They're pretty short, so you guys can watch them. Huh. All right, so those more thoughts on Attack of the Clones. I still enjoy it. There's a lot to enjoy about it, but it didn't have that fun element that I enjoy and watch for in Star Wars movies, so that's why it falls down a little bit to me. Um, Come on, this is my hashtag now, MFMM, Mysterious Foreign Man of Mystery. I might put that out there when I start promoting this show, see if people just come to watch, to see what's the MFMM, which might be a little bit weird. but All right, so that's my thoughts on the movie. I want to hear from you guys. So again, when if you're watching this later on the replay, make sure to leave a comment down below. And if you're listening to the other podcast, just send, it, send us a message on Twitter. But let's go to some of the fan thoughts out there. So I put this out on Twitter a few, about four or five days ago and got a few responses. And let's see what people are saying about Attack of the Clones. So we have our friend Star Toys at Star Toys Shorts. They said, my dad, took, my dad took me to the midnight showing of this one and we got out at like 3 a.m. And all I could think about was how excited I was to go see it again at the a.m. showing and then spend the whole day there watching it over and over I loved it. It's great. Doesn't get enough credit. Again, it's my thought. These are your thoughts. And I love that for you. I love hearing other people's um, thoughts and emotions about a movie, why it resonates with them. It might not with me, but everyone has different experiences. Seeing this with your dad was probably a special experience. Going at a midnight show is great. Then waking up, seeing it at 8 in the morning over and over again. Great that people out there are loving this movie and now has have a platform to say that they loved it so much so yes thank you story toys love hearing from you guys so again also give those guys a follow 
Uh, also, Master Bear Jedi, at Master Bear Jedi. Uh, it's my favorite prequel and firmly entrenched as my third favorite Star Wars film. Everything about it is personal and relatable, including the awkward romances. We mentioned it is awkward. Plus, it fulfills a lifelong dream of OT fans of seeing Jedi in their prime. <clears throat> Again, not going to argue there. You're right. We get to see a lot of Jedi. We wanted to see a lot of Jedi, and we do see them here, so that's great. Um, we mentioned the awkward romance. We can try to wiggle our way around it and say why it's so awkward and why they really don't know how to behave around each other. And if it's your third favorite Star Wars film, again, more power to you. I love hearing this. Uh, thank you, Master Bear Jedi. I love hearing your thoughts about it. And then this is a great one. These are three tweets that I pulled in one from our friend Kelly M at Kelo Ren. She says, I know I'm in the minority, but AOTC is actually my favorite film in the Skywalker saga. So much so that I run an account devoted to it at all things AOTC. And recently ran a 30-day challenge aimed at getting people to discuss what they love about the film. It's hard to explain. It just came out at the right time for me and pushed me into the deep end of Star Wars fandom. I love how it blends various genres of film, pushes technical boundaries, even if the CGI looks a little dated now, and added so much in terms of world building. It paved the way for not one, but two Clone Wars series, both which I love enormously, and its political themes are very relevant today. Between AOTC and Revenge of the Sith, we can see how democracy can be subverted and how dictatorships can rise up without people knowing it. Yes, 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 and yes. Everything that Kelly M is saying here is correct. Like I said, just if I didn't enjoy it, doesn't take away from other people enjoying it. Love your responses. I did ask her what was it about it that she enjoyed so much, and that's why the other two tweets came from it. Love hearing that is your favorite in the Skywalker saga. Uh, we need more. We need more people enjoying movies that have been kind of shunned by the majority because, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. I can say that it's the worst movie and you say that it's the best movie and that's great. I want to hear from you guys why do you like it so much. Maybe I'm missing something. And the thing that you're saying, I, right, when you mentioned world building, that's when I went to, let me look at this as a world building movie. And there's so much about it, like I mentioned before. So great to hear from you, Kelly. Great to hear from Master Bird Jedi and Star Wars Toys. So thank you, guys. Make sure you guys give all those a follow. I'll give you guys a quick tweet after this. Thank you, guys, for sending me your thoughts about it. And hopefully you guys out there can follow them and follow us. So that kind of brings an end to our show. Another great week talking Star Wars with you guys. Thank you, guys. As always in the chat, you've been awesome. Hashtag MFMM. We'll make it. We'll make it to uh, trend. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Radio Rebel Pod. Uh, look out for the audio version of this episode coming out on Monday on your favorite audio uh, podcast platform, including Amazon Podcast. We finally made it there. So Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, everything. We're out there. You can find us. And if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, make sure to check our YouTube videos. Just search for Radio Rebellion Podcast. And that's it. Thank you, guys. As always, Michael has his show tonight. So let's go give him some love. Show. Let's go watch his show. Uh, watch Cam Ray and uh, guys at a certain POV, uh, Peace and Poisex, and a bunch of more. Earlier today had their big debate talking about pineapple and pizza. I still say, say no to that, but we'll see what happens. Um, 
great show as always thank you guys stay safe be safe and may the force be with you radio Rebellion.